Come on, what's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Y'all doing good today? Come on, can you give it up for Jesus one time this morning? Come on, give him your best. We love you, Lord. We're grateful for your mercy and your grace. And, and, and one more time, give it up for our online campus. Thank you for joining us online. Come on, right there where you are, in your living room, in your car, watching online. We believe God is with you and he can do something in your life today. I believe Jesus is here and anything can happen as we uh, worship God. And we're not here for uh, just uh, performance. We're not here for tradition. We're here because God's here. And as his people gather, I believe that uh, the manifest presence of God gathers with us and is in our midst when we gather. I believe the, the, the presence of God is all over the planet. He's all present everywhere. Uh, you have the inner presence of God. There's the presence of God inside of you. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in you uh, and he's in you individually. But then there's something called the manifest presence of God. And that says when two or more get together, when two or three gather, he is in the midst. It's a difference uh, where he, get, he comes in the midst of us and begins to do miracles and speak and do some amazing things. And so that's why worship and gathering together is so important uh, because God gathers in that and is in the midst of that. I don't know what happened to our screens, but uh, the manifest presence of God is here in Jesus' name. <laughs> there, we, there we are. Listen, uh, I'm excited about this message today. I, I'm hoping that this is helping people. Uh, last week, I heard a lot of great feedback just about uh, dating and singles and married people that, that, that grabbed a hold of some of that uh, wisdom as well from the word. And, and my prayer today is um, I'm going to speak to married couples today. And we're in a series, if you're new to our in- environment, we do series, uh, you know, three, four-part series that speak on a topic and um, very topical and just to give you some practical uh, help to walk, we, to walk through life. We, we hope when you come to church, you leave going, uh, wow, that helps me, right? You, you don't want to leave church. I, I grew up in church where I leave them like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I don't know anything they said, but man, it was great. You know, I want you to be able to leave here and take some scripture and take some help and, and apply it to your, your daily life. And so we're in a series uh, called Love, Sex, and Dating, Love, Sex, Dating. It is a PG-13, uh, PG-14 series, so if you uh, have your kids in here, hopefully um, last week a lot of teens got, got a lot of help, but uh, I just want to give you that, that insight. Um, and then I, I really think marriages and relationships have been under attack, obviously through COVID and through quarantine, and, but just in general, as a pastor, I'm getting a lot of, uh, we get different calls and different types of things, and all the time we're kind of feeling the, the flow of the enemy's attack on people, whether it's depression or addictions or, or marriages. And so right now, it's just, we really sensed it. I know even in my own life where the enemy doesn't like, you know, marriages that are getting healthy and strong. And so we're just really want to speak to marriages. And that's what I felt the Lord put on my heart uh, right after Easter. And so we're, we're in this series called Love, Sex, and Dating. And today we're going to hit marriage. I um, was, uh, next week we're going to hit sex a lot more. And so uh, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great a great week, and uh, we got to talk about sex. Um, many, many places don't. Your kids are learning about it. The average kid sees pornography at age 11 um, nowadays, and so uh, they're learning from somewhere and someone, and so I pray that we could uh, be just the light in those areas. How, how many of you know the subject is not the problem, the source is the problem? And, and so God always wants us to go to the right source to learn. Like, I, I want my kids to learn from the right source. I want you to learn from the right source. Culture doesn't teach us great things about marriage. Your TV rom-coms don't teach great things about marriage. Um, the, 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 the entertainment industry doesn't teach about healthy, strong marriages. And so we need the right source. It's God's word. Uh, several years ago, I was talking with a good friend of mine. I think he's, I don't know if he's here, if Brad Fielden's here, but... Um, 
We were, Brad, Brad uh, owns a, uh, his family operates and owns a funeral home in Newmarket, Tennessee. And um, I was with another buddy who knows Brad and we were talking about the funeral home. And my, my friend said, do you know that the funeral home in Newmarket that they used to operate uh, actually was responsible for the ambulance service as well? And I looked at the guy and said, did they show up in the hearse? He's like, no, dude, they operated uh, ambulances as well. And I was like, thank God. I mean, can you imagine you get a broken leg and the hearse pulls up, you know? You're having a heart attack or something. And it's like, I just need, and the hearse pulls up. You're like, it's over, man. You're checking out early. We're taking you home. It's done. And a, and a lot of you, you feel like in your marriage or your relationship that the hearse is outside the door. You're like, man, it's dead. It's done. And really, you just need a little ambulance. You just need a little, a little care. You just need some, some EMS, maybe some scripture, some hope, some, some prayer, some, some community. And so that's what I want to give you today, looking at some of these verses. And we're just going to believe for um, marriages to be helped and healed today. Uh, Revelation 2.5, I'm going to start in the, passage, uh, in the Passion uh, Translation. It says this in verse 5, Revelations uh, 2 verse 5, it says, think about how far you've fallen. This is talking about, obviously, your relationship with Jesus, but look at the language. Think about how far you've fallen. Repent and, and do the works of love you did at first. Think in your marriage how far you've come from what it looked like at first. How far have you fallen? What did it look like? A lot of times in marriage counseling, I'll ask couples to bring a picture of themselves on their wedding day. And, and as they're getting counseling, they'll have the picture. And I'll say, is that you? Look, look at, at that picture. Is that you? Or, or are those impersonators? <laughs> are, are, there, are those you? Like, did you? So at one point in time, you were, you were happy. You were excited. You were, you were passionate. There was this, this thrill. Look how far you've come from that. The reality is here's the, the secret to keeping your blessing in marriage is understanding that whatever it took to get your blessing is what it's going to take to keep your blessing. In any relationship, the, whatever it took to get the blessing is the secret to keeping the blessing, knowing that that's what it's going to take to keep the blessing. Does that make sense? And so as, as a married couple, it's important for you to think about what it took. Think about how far you've come. The Bible in this verse says, repent, like like change. Uh, I tell Sandra, I'm sorry all the time. Sandra, I'm sorry. She's like, I don't need you to be sorry. I need you to change. <laughs> I'm like, can I just be sorry? <laughs> I just want to be sorry, right? It's like, come on. Anybody just, I mean, we just want to be sorry. You can write this down. It'll be on the screen. The most acceptable form of apology is change. The most acceptable form of apology is change. I just, I need change. Like, and it says repent. It just means change. We think it's like a cuss word. No, just, just humble repentance, just change. Or we can get into the crazy cycle. We've all been in it. Like I begin to point out something she did wrong. She begins to point out something I did wrong. I begin to point out something she did wrong. And we get in the crazy cycle and we're in our feelings and we operate in our feelings. And then we begin to pick each other apart in that mode. Or we can break the crazy cycle and come out of it and begin to change. Let me say this, the first person that breaks the crazy cycle is not the weakest, but they're the wisest. Come on, somebody better say amen to that. Amen. Not the weakest, but the wisest. Here's a passage on, on, in Ephesians really about marriage. Everything I'm about to read to you can heal your marriage today. And uh, I believe God has a word in here for you, us. This is in the Passion Translation. I love this translation. It says this, verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21. Uh, it's, a, it's a long portion, so stick with me. But this talks about husbands and wives. And it's kind of scary because like the wives have three verses, really. Uh, that's it. And the husbands have like seven. But, you know, the husbands have this big chunk. It's like we have to be like Jesus and all this and be like Christ. And I'm like, man, Christ like hung naked on a tree and died. You know what I mean? That's, a, that's heavy. 
And so there's a lot in this for the husbands, but for the wives as well. I love what it's, how it starts in verse 21. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. And one translation says, submit one to another. You know, everybody likes to say submit. The wife has to submit. The, the whole chapter starts out with submit one to another. It really means be devoted, be supportive of each other in love. For wives, this means being devoted to your husbands, uh, like, like you're tenderly devoted to our Lord. For the husband provides leadership for the wife, just as Christ provides leadership for his church. As the savior and reviver of the body, in the same way the church is devoted to Christ, that wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. Come on, somebody say in everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. There's one guy with me right there. <laughs> we'll get to the men in a minute. Come on. <laughs> Nobody, all the ladies didn't say it. They're like, mm. I felt it. <laughs> Can I, can I tell you that this isn't my opinion either? Can, can, I, can I tell you that this isn't cult? This is, you won't hear this on the news. You won't hear this from, you, this is not my opinion. This is, this is God. You cannot like it. You can argue with what he says, but we, 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 the Bible never changes, but always changes us. Okay, they've been trying to change it for years, centuries. It's indestructible, irrefutable. It's just the word of God. It, it, this is God's word, not mine. He's the reviver of the body. In the same way, the church is devoted to Christ. Let wives be devoted to their husbands and everything. And, do, and to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to us, making us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. You can cleanse her, you can heal her with your words. All that he does in us is designed to make us mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body, but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and mother and lovingly hold to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty, a great mystery of Christ and his church. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just as he is gracious to himself, and every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. That was like a little recap for the, for the ladies at the end. He like Because Paul wanted to get one more in there for her because it's the whole thing to the guys, I think. Every wife should be lovingly devoted to her husband. Everything in this passage can heal your marriage or give you a good marriage. Every, everything I just read right there can change your entire marriage and your entire existence in a married life. And, and some of you are like, no way. You, no, you don't, no, 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 pastor, you don't understand my situation. We have a special situation we've been through. And, and here's, what, here's what society wants you to believe, that yours is more complicated than anybody can understand. Because when, 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 when we begin to believe ours is more complicated, then we need complicated solutions. And, and, and I could give you, and culture can give you 50,000 complicated solutions. And what that really means, when you, when you won't admit that it's actually simple to heal, when you won't admit that it's because you don't want to admit that you're lazy. And you don't want to admit that you don't want to put in the work and that you don't want to try hard and you don't want to do the simple things. And so we want to say how complicated it is. Man, my health is so complicated. I need 52 trainers. I need $5,000 worth of supplements. And I, no, you just need to eat some broccoli and go for a job. <laughs> a 
I'm going to be real today. Like, 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 man, you don't understand how complicated it is, Pastor. Like, I can't sleep, and I'm on all these medications to get sleep. And then you just need to turn the TV off a little earlier and, and work out a little bit and, 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 then, and, then, and then shut down a little earlier and go to bed. I know, I know you're, some of you are mad at me right now, like, but, but if I told you like, I had a $500 course for marriage and 72 steps, you'd all buy it. You'd buy it. If, I guarantee it'll make your marriage better. But you'll buy the book. But if I said, no, 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 in this passage, you just need to love each other, forgive, pray for each other, honor each other, do the simple things. It's like, no, you don't understand my situation. I promise I do. And God is telling you inside of this that he can heal and work in your marriage. It says, out of the reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other, love each other. Husbands, it's amazing. Listen, husbands really all through the scripture take on the role of Christ. It, 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 it's, it's this role of leadership and, and, and words and, and affirmation and love. And you can heal your wife. You can support your wife. You can, you can heal her with, inse- you can heal insecurities. You can heal wounds. You can, just from your words and your language. Husbands, as, as Christ to the home, listen to me. Your, your marriage will only be as healthy as your mouth. And, and, I, and look, I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. I've already preached this to me like four or five times, okay, guys? So don't get mad at me. Like, I've already talked to me. And, and, and the reality is, like, it'll be as healthy as your mouth. And, and we take on the, the, the heart of Christ for our wives. Here, here's this. A wife's number one need is love. And, and when, I, when we say love, let me just explain to you what love looks like to her. In Genesis 29, 32 through 33, Leah is not loved by her husband. And this is what she does and what she says. We get a lot of insight here. Verse 32, so Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son, also called his name Simeon. The two names of these two boys where she's feeling unloved are seen and heard. Seen and heard. Love to your wife, gentlemen, translates being seen and being heard with acceptance. Come on, ladies. Being seen and being heard with acceptance, not eye roll, not stonewall, not not superiority, not, not huffing. Come on, somebody. You, you know what I'm talking about? Not, not using, your, not using your, your body language or your attitude to change her thoughts or her opinions. Come on. I can be guilty of this. That's called witchcraft. Manipulation is called witchcraft. You might as well just be putting pins in dolls and cha- trying to change someone's behavior. And now your kids watch that and you're raising little witches, Okay. <laughs> I just, I should get a stool or something. So now I, don't, I, feel like I, I feel like I need a stool to sit down because I, I don't want to get too, because I'm, listen, I know, I'm sorry. I love y'all so much. I love you online. <laughs> being seen and being heard with acceptance. My wife, she's here somewhere. Thank God she's not in, this, in the front row right now. <laughs> listen, this is a challenge for all of us. Husbands, we got to see and we got to hear. We got we to understand. You know, we got to, my wife say, hey, this is what I'm going, hey, tell me more. Let me hear that. I understand that. Man, I can't, that's amazing. What else happened? Like seeing and hearing your wife. Y'all follow me? 
Come on, wives take on the heart of the Holy Spirit. Husbands take on the heart of Christ. Wives take on the heart of the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls the wife the actual, actually the Holy Spirit in certain ways. And here's areas of being the Holy Spirit, uh, to give support, to give wise counsel, to give comfort. Ladies, listen, if he comes to you with situations in his heart and feelings and things he's struggling with, don't bash him, don't ridicule that, don't put that back in. If he shares things with you, he's looking for support. If he shares weaknesses, failures, fears, don't throw it back in his face later on. He'll never come to you like that again. You need to be a supportive. You need to support his vision and his dreams. Do you know that Christ healed blindness in the Bible more than anything else? And do you know that he never healed a woman of blindness? He only healed men of blindness because, because vision is in the head. And he healed vision. Men, you need vision. Women, you need to support as, as the Holy Spirit, the vision that God gives your husband. Men, you better get a vision because she can't support nothing. Y'all with me? It's so big that, that, that you would counsel and you get, my wife brings conviction. Holy Spirit brings conviction. There's times when I'm not listening. Come on, come on somebody. Husbands, she can bring conviction. Ladies, bring it gentle. <laughs> bring it gentle. She brings discernment. I mean, there's so many things as the Holy Spirit. Ladies, the number one need of a man is respect. When a man feels respected, he feels loved and honored. When he feels respected, there's this love. A man's heart closes when he doesn't feel respected, when he doesn't feel honored. Second Samuel 6, 21 through 22, David said this to Michael. You know the story. Michael began to ridicule David, his, her, his wife. He was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, and he was dancing, and his underwear was showing, and she got embarrassed, and she began to ridicule him, and, and, and she said, look at how it is in front of all these people. You're making an idiot of yourself, and this is what David said. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler of the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I will be even more undignified than this. And I will be humble in, the sight, in my own sight, but as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Listen, ladies, do not make your husband hunger for honor outside the home. Like, men, don't make your wife fight to be seen and heard outside the home. When women don't feel loved, they fight to be seen and heard. When, when men don't feel honored, They'll fight to find honor somewhere else outside the home. I'm just giving y'all some insight. I, I think Michael, she could have done this. David could have showed back up, knocked on the door. She should have opened that door and been like, what is going on, my king? She should have greeted him with a big old wet kiss right on the face. Been like, tonight is your night, King David. That's what, ladies, next time your husband comes home from a hard day at work, come on, you open up that door, you greet him with a big old wet kiss and be like, mmm, tonight is your, thank you for working hard all day long. It's just, there's just this difference in, in how we treat each other. And, and I just, I think it's important. Our marriage vows were for better, for worse, till death do us part and sickness and in health right? Those marriage vows are, have some gravity to them. We said those because we were preparing ourselves for tough times so we wouldn't just jump ship when things got tough. Because you don't really meet the person you marry until you marry them. Because dating advertises some stuff that marriage doesn't deliver. Come on, somebody. You're not dating them. You're dating their representative. They... They hired that person. <laughs> they hired them to, to, to tell you how great they were, like how awesome they were, right? And then you get married. And the reality is that, that, that the married person kills the dating person. 
and you wake up like on the honeymoon, like and 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 wife killed girlfriend, boyfriend killed husband, you know, boyfriend or husband killed boyfriend, and then you have kids, and then and then and then wife wife kill, you know, mom kills wife, <laughs> and now you've got mom, you know, it, it just. It happens, in, it happens in every direction. And so you have to understand, like, this is what it is. For better, for worse, we have to work on this, right? Two people for, forever. And here's some marriage tips. I'm just give you several marriage tips. I've got a few minutes with you. I hope I'm helping you. Um, number one, fix your focus. Fix your focus. Fix your focus. I, I think uh, before you were married and you were dating, uh, come on, ladies, you were at home, and if you knew he was coming by, just for a, you know, a little stop in, you put on some lip gloss and got out of your pajamas, started cooking some lasagna at like, you know, 9.30 in the morning. He stopped by, he's like, what's up, girl? You're like, he's like, dang, you dressed up a little bit? Oh, this whole thing? <laughs> you know, you were working on it. You were making sure, guys, come on, you were working out, you know, getting in shape. You know, get, writing poems, buying flowers, memorizing scripture, praying, singing psalms, you know, like, I will lead you. You know what I'm saying? You're... And then you get married and you quit all that. We, we, we stop doing those things. And, and then you say, Pastor, I'm married and it's hard, it's tough. You know why it's so tough? Because you're trying to work on them. You're, you're busy, work, so fix your focus, begin to work on you. I, I wrote this down, it's in your notes. The greatest way to make your spouse a priority is to focus on your growth. It's, it's, it's so true, it's so hard, it's, it's not easy. The greatest way to, 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 to prioritize your spouse is to focus on your growth. There's no perfect people, we all messed up. We've all got challenges. God, purify me, God help me, God cleanse me, God work on me. The more I'm asking him to work on me, the less I see her faults. The more you're asking God to work on you, the less you're seeing the faults of your spouse. Come on, somebody can say amen. amen. Number one, fix your focus. Number two, find your fun. Come on, find some fun. Like, you, when you, you can get a reset when you begin to get away and recreate together and have fun. You fell in love having fun together. I'm talking to married people right now. Look, uh, get away, enjoy life, figure out how to have fun. Ecclesiastes says, enjoy the wife of your youth. Have fun with your wife, men. Come on, men, plan some dates. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> plan it, like figure out. Like plan. Moms, listen, if you can go on dates, the baby will stop crying when you leave. Eventually. <laughs> you know, go on some dates. Men, plan the date. Now, what do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what you want to do. What do you, you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. Plan it. Take the cargo shorts off. Take the fishing shirt off. Put down the remote. Put down the TV. Plan some dates. We don't have any money. Well, you got an iPhone 52. Yeah, you do. You got money. <laughs> and then plan something around, around town if you don't. I mean, just, just put some effort into it. Proverbs 5.18 says this, so be happy with your wife. Listen to this, and find your joy with the woman you married. Key word, find your joy. Like you gotta find it. You gotta look for it. You gotta pursue it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta slow down, slow down. No one can love anybody when you're busy. Busyness is the killer of love. Busyness will kill your love life. I mean, have you ever been late for an appointment, late for a plane, late in traffic? You're annoyed with everybody. Ah! Ah! 
get out of my way. You know, that's how many of your marriages are. You're, you're so busy. It's, ah! Ah! You can't love your kids that way. You can't love God that way. You can't love your spouse that way. Can't love, can't love church that way. You're like, ah, oh, he's preaching so long. Ah! I gotta get out of here singing so long, singing 20 minutes. Ah! You can't love God that way. Slow down. This is big. Write this down. What you no longer celebrate, you begin to tolerate. What you tolerate will eventually frustrate. And what you frustrate will ultimately separate. And, and I think we, we tolerate some things that we should be celebrating. Find your fun. Fix your focus. Begin not just to tolerate one another. Celebrate one another. Find some enjoyment in what God's given you. Number three, fight for forgiveness. You need massive doses of forgiveness to be married. You need massive doses of forgiveness. You, can't, you have to fight to forgive. You have to, to have a healthy marriage. You got to have a short memory. You got you to be like, man, I got to work on forgiveness. Jesus said, how many times should I forgive? Seven times 70. That's 490 times. But he's not meaning a time. Jensen Franklin said, it's not, it's not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Forgiveness is about losing count. Like, I know it's not easy. I don't mean putting yourself in danger or putting yourself in harm. Listen to me. If you're in danger, you're in harm, you're being abused or, or someone's hurting you emotionally, physically, you need to get out of an unhealthy situation. You need to make sure or get some help or get some, separate, get some people involved in that quickly. I don't mean that, but I'm just talking about the daily grind of life, right? Get in that kind of flow. You need to make sure you're forgiving and walking with each other in forgiveness, when you catalog or categorize all their mistakes, here's what you're doing. You're locking them into that moment in time when they messed up. Forgiveness, this will be on the screen. Forgiveness is allowing people to grow beyond their biggest mistakes. When I say I forgive you, it's like, okay, I'm gonna let you grow beyond that. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna choose to forgive you. I'm gonna make sure my heart, I need to ask God. Only God can heal your heart in these areas, right? Have you ever met any, if you're in pain, you can't heal anybody, you can't help anybody. Have you, ever, have you ever been in the ER? Have you ever met any generous people in the ER? Oh, you just go on ahead. Oh, you just go on ahead. No, you don't meet that in the ER. Like everybody's out for themselves. It's like, I gotta get help. You, people in pain can't help other people. So what I wanna encourage you to do is walk in forgiveness. Ask God to heal you up so that you can actually heal your spouse with your words and with your life. And some of you need counseling. And you're, if, you're, if you're a person right now and you're like, I don't need counseling, you need counseling. <laughs> I don't need it. You need it. I, I think it's important to just, come on, guys. I mean, a lot of times guys don't, like, I don't, I don't love going either, sitting some stranger. I know him now. <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, you need, you need to invite some, culture can't heal your heart. The same thing you've been doing can't heal you up. You need some outside. You need some things to dig into and some help to, to handle the issues that we carry. Is that, does that make sense? Is this helping you? I'm going to give you some quick tips on, on uh, secrets to loving your husband and loving your wife. And then next week, we're going to get into uh, this a little bit deeper. But uh, quick, quick things. I'm going to start with the ladies. Uh, ladies, this is uh, uh, I'm going to help you with your husband's love you the right way. Is this, so just say Amen. <laughs> Husbands, secret to loving your wife well. Number one, she wants honest, consistent, safe communication. Honest, consistent, safe communication. Put down the iPhone, put down the TV remote, put down the sports for a little bit. She wants safe, honest, consistent communication. Communication to her is life. 
When communication stops, life stops. She needs communication as much as you need sex. Uh, studies show that a woman's communication is intimacy. Intimacy means into me see. You want to penetrate her physically. She wants to penetrate you emotionally. Okay? I'm helping you right now. The reason sometimes you go to have sex with your wife, gentlemen, and she, she begins to unload emotionally on you, <laughs> she's got you hostage. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. You're like, you thought, you're like, uh, I thought we were, uh, and you, and you don't like that, but it's your fault because you've never given her an outlet or an opportunity to share emotionally and to penetrate your heart emotionally. So when you want to penetrate physically and you don't ever let emotional things transpire, then she feels used and abused. And so that's why you need to plan dates and opportunities for her to share emotionally because there's a proper time for everything, right? And so, so it's your fault. You need to allow her to have communication with you. And, and she, I let my wife do this with me. When, I, when, when she's telling me something, I miss it. Come on, ladies, we're going to miss it. So my wife, she has permission to go, hey, you missed it right there. What you should have said was, oh, wow, tell me more. So I'll go, oh, wow, tell me more. We, listen, ladies, we don't get it. Like, we, we, it's not like we're trying to hurt you or, or, or trying to offend you or anything. We don't get it. It's proven that when the men that are hearing dulls when we're doing an activity, like, like it's so, so when bears were trying to kill us back when we were chasing bears and dinosaurs and things, we didn't want to hear our buddies getting killed. So God designed us to where you literally, you're literally scientifically men's hearing dulls when they're focused in on a task. So when you're going, he never hears me. He doesn't. (laughs) Come on. Any men like quiet. I'm making toast. So we need coach. Is that, that's all I'm trying to say. We, she wants consistent communication. Number two, she wants to feel protected. She wants to feel emotionally protected, spiritually protected, financially protected. She, wants to, she doesn't want to wonder where you are. She doesn't want to wonder where you are. She doesn't want you to flinch when she grabs your phone. She wants to feel protected. Somebody's like, well, you, you don't need to look at my phone. Yes, she does. You should trust me by now. Yeah, you shouldn't flinch by now. Uh, she, she wants to feel her, her dreams are protected. It's not the fact that you bought an expensive boat. It's the fact that she doesn't feel financially safe still or secure. And so there's, now you're stretched financially and now you're trying to make it all work. And so now all of a sudden she doesn't feel protected there. When, 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 when Mary Magdalene busted the alabaster box over Jesus' feet, that was her dream. She had been saving for, for dowry. She was, had a dream to be married. And that, that was a year's wages. And she, she met God. She said, his dream is greater than my dream. And she broke that onto his feet. And Jesus uh, said, wherever the gospel's preached, this will be talked about. He said, I'll handle your dream well, Mary. And, and she put that on his feet. What, what your wife wants to know is that you'll handle her dream well. And, and that literally, the greatest fights in marriage are over dreams. So she's not mad at you because you're not spending as much time with the kids as you should. She's mad at you because you're attacking her dream of a close family. She's not mad at you because you bought a boat. She wants to feel protected. Y'all follow me? She wants you to be a dream maker. She wants you to be a dream maker. Well, she got a roof. 
God doesn't just meet your needs, he meets your desires. And I think it's important that you would protect her dreams. I think same, women, you should protect men's dreams. The greatest is the servant, that we would serve our wives and protect their dreams. Number three, she needs quantity and quality time, both. I'm gonna talk about some of the love languages next week, but she needs quantity and quality time. We get confused. Uh, my wife wants some, some love language where, where she likes acts of service. I'll go hire somebody to do it. She's like, so she wants me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can hire them and we can go on a date, you know? Like she's like, I want to see you working in the mulch. You know, I'm like, I hate mulch. But, but you need to learn to serve her how she likes to be served. I'm going I'm to get the, to the ladies in a minute. So guys, just bear with me. Uh, she wants to, quality and quantity time. She wants to be pursued. Again, pursue your wife. Whatever it took to get her is what it's going to take to keep her. Wives to husbands, secret to loving your man. Number one, he desperately needs your respect. No matter how confident he is, he needs, the most confident men on the planet need your respect and your honor. He wants you to, to value him and to respect him. When he doesn't get your respect, he feels unloved. Listen to this, ladies. We respond better to honor than anger. Your husband will respond better to honor than anger. If I get home, my wife's like, man, you forgot this and you didn't do that. And man, I wish you worked as hard for this family as you did for that church and all them people. And I wish you did. And you forgot. That's been laying there three days. And you know what I'll do? I'm like, I'll do it just to shut her up. Come on. I, I don't say it like that. <laughs> that's, for, that's for effect. <laughs> but that's how you feel. But I like the hero, I like the hero effect. Come on ladies, listen, I call it the hero effect. Just begin to declare who he is. He's not worth honor, declare who he is. You come home, he comes home, like, like begin to say who he is. Let him come to the door and you just look at him and go, mmm, mmm. We're simple. We can have the worst day of our life and you go, mmm, mmm. Man, I thank you for working so hard all day long. Mmm, he will break something to fix it for you. He will run to the garage, find a drill, jumping over roofs. He, he will turn into Superman. Just, mm, mm, that's just, just honor. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's, we need you to respect and honor. It's the hero theory. Come on, number two. He wants you to initiate sex. He wants you to respond when he, when he initiates, but he also wants you to initiate sex. It, it's, it's, it's just, you know, listen, your husband thinks about sex a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna get into the science of that, but why not give him something to think about? You know how hard it is to, to, to have an affair? Like the secret texts, the secret plans, the secret gifts, the secret calls, the, the secret rendezvous, the effort it takes to that, why wouldn't we put that type of effort into our marriages? Why wouldn't we give a little secret hotel key to our spouse, be like, you show up at room 222. Mm -hmm. The Bible says uh, we should have intimacy often. Some of you men start taking notes right there on that last point. You're like, he's a man of God, baby. He's a man of God. And, and I, I, just, I just think that it's, listen, I know you, you could initiate, and, and men, you know, when we initiate, it can't be all the time. We'll get into a little bit of that next week, but, but they, your husband wants you to initiate that. Number three, he wants, you to, he wants to know you're his friend. And that, that translates doing stuff with him he, he likes and he enjoys, like hanging out together, doing stuff. I know you got your girlfriends, but he wants, he wants to be your friend. He wants you to be his friend. Do stuff together. And last, number four, he wants to feel appreciated. I, I would, science shows this, that a man would rather you say thank you than I love you. It's just, it's just, when we hear thank you, 
it's more, it's different than I love you. It's, it's, we're more, it's, it's like, wow, I feel appreciated. I'm gonna close and pray for you. I think marriage is a commitment to serve one another the rest of our lives. People say, well, I'm, we're not happy anymore, pastor. <laughs> Did, what? Happy? <laughs> like, yeah, there's gonna be times of happiness. There's gonna be times of for better, for worse, for sickness and in health till death do his part. But marriage is a decision to serve one another the rest of your life. It's not about happiness. It's about God and commitment and serving. And the, and the greatest way we get our authority, the greatest, men, the greatest way you get authority is by going under and serving. All my authority, all my calling comes from going under and serving. And, and here's the thing, you know, you, you know how to do it. Is this helping anybody at all? You know, you know how to do it because you got that person. You convinced them to marry you. You did it. You, and, and what's happened is you've just stopped doing it and then you've both begun to focus on your own needs and then you both begin to turn inward and now you've gotten inward and now the relationship is dying. But if you'll just say, you know what, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna go back to what I did at the beginning. I'm gonna begin to believe, you know what, I just need a little ambulance, a little, a little ER, a little medic, just a little help. We're gonna put these things into practice and begin to serve each other. I promise you, you invite God into your marriage. He can heal and change anything from this moment on. I promise you that, Beaumont. I wanna pray for you today and I wanna believe that some marriages could be healed and restored today. I think that uh, the till death do us part is real and, and that God can heal that today. And so, would you just bow your heads with me real quick and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, we give you blessing and honor for marriage. You said it's a picture of us and, and you and the church. I pray that we would be healthy with our mouth and our words, that our marriages would be as healthy as our mouths are today and that, that we would speak words of life. We would heal each other with our words, God, with, with our voices. We could cleanse and heal insecurities and fears that, that Lord, fear and insecurity are the greatest reasons we stop serving. I pray that you would heal insecurity and fear of, 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 of what we'd be taken advantage of or they wouldn't appreciate me or those kind of things. Lord, we'd just come out of the crazy cycle. We'd serve one another. And Lord, I thank you for wives being devoted to their husbands. I thank you for husbands loving their wives like Christ loved the church. I pray you would supernaturally today heal marriages in a new way, that there'd be a new fire, a new wine, a new joy. It wouldn't just be the same old Lord, anybody that really is on the edge of needing that ambulance today, I pray that they would reach out for help or reach out for some pastors or reach out for some counseling or resources, God. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's, there's no guilt or shame. Marriage is hard. I rebuke the enemy right now as, as just pastor, as spiritual leader of this house. I rebuke every demonic attack, every enemy attack on every marriage, on every mindset. I, I rebuke uh, the thoughts of the enemy. Lord, we take thoughts captive right now. Uh, spouses do not hate one another. Husbands do not hate their wives. Come on, some of you believe that your husband hates you. He does not. Come on, your wife does not hate you. The enemy is a liar. I rebuke every demonic thought in this place. I take captive every thought that the enemy would try to throw at us and exalt his, his words against the knowledge of Christ. Come on, we have the knowledge of Christ. Thank you for marriage. It's a union. It's a covenant. Come on. A covenant is scary because we're naked and without shame. There's no safety in covenant. We can't, we can't be vulnerable in a safe way. God, I pray for vulnerability in a new way. Honest, open conversations today, starting today. Lord, only you can do it, Holy Spirit. We give you access to our life today. No one looking around just for another second. Maybe, maybe you need Jesus in your life. Really, the only way to do this in a godly way is to, to say, God, I need your help. 
be my leader, be my Lord. Maybe you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your marriage or the Lord of your life. Today's that day. You can do that. I promise you God can give you a brand new start and change your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if you would give your life to Jesus, he gives you a fresh start in God. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I need a fresh start in God. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? Let me pray for you. Anybody in here say, I need a fresh start. God bless you. Come on, God bless you, man. God bless you. If you're online and you need a fresh start with God right now, just, just type in the, in, the, in the chat, I need a fresh start with God. I need a fresh start. I'm going to pray a simple prayer with you real quick. It's no magic in my words. It's just a, a prayer of surrender. I need Jesus to be the Lord and leader of my life. You can just pray my words or you can pray your own words. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin and my shame and my guilt. Thank you for going to that cross and taking all that with you. Thank you for giving me your brand new life, Lord. Thank you for coming back from the grave to give me a new heart. Fill me with your spirit. I surrender to you as my Lord, as my leader, as my God. I give you the rest of my days. I give you my marriage and my life in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Love you guys so much.